What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of High on Infinity, the podcast dedicated to everything sports and their culture. I am your host, Jacob Knight, and we've got a great episode lined up for you today, folks. In today's episode, we're talking about The Last of Us 2. Yes, it finally announced another release date, and they blessed us with the trailer. Then we're going to look into the quarterfinals of the comic book movie tournament. Then finally, we're going to talk about a proposal that's going to change the landscapes of college sports. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Yes, 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 that time of the week again, everybody. Episode 51 of the High on Infinity podcast, the podcast dedicated to everything sports and nerd culture. I am your host, Jacob Knight. And if you're first time listening to the podcast, welcome to the podcast. And if you are a returning listener, we're glad to have you back for another fantastic episode. Yes, we're starting to count the episodes now since we hit 50 and the one-year anniversary last week. So we're going to start, keep a count of these episodes from here on out, but... Hope everybody's having a great week so far, great work week, ready for this upcoming weekend. I'm doing pretty good myself, so what have I been up to since the last time we spoke? Okay, same old, same old. Um, I finally watched Infinity War, watched it, yeah, yeah, it was Infinity War. I watched it Saturday and caught up on some new shows. Um, I'm almost done with My Hero Academia. I'm about five or six episodes left in the fourth season. Um, I bought a I bought a, a shirt that just came in the mail. Um, well, they came in the mail Monday, but I didn't check my mail uh, since that day, so I got it today. Pretty good, a little too big on me, but rather be you know too big than too little. But um, what else I've been doing? Oh yeah, I've been catching up on some sh- or binge watching some shows on Netflix. I watched two shows over this past weekend. I watched um, this 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 a uh, comedy called Never Have I Ever. It's one of those, you know, one of those teenage coming of age comedies. If you if you've seen if you remember that show Awkward on MTV a few years back, I, I compared it to that similarly. Um, it overall was pretty good. Uh, it, was, it was 10 episodes, about 25 minutes apiece, and probably about five and a half hours. I watched the whole entire thing. Just just uh, it wasn't planned. I just sat down. I watched about two, three episodes. I was like, I'm gonna watch a couple more, and I watched four or five. The next thing you know, I was done with the season. Overall, overall was a good show. Um, I say he started to stumble like around the last two episodes. He started to stumble, and um, it wasn't really clear on some of the details. But overall, I recommend I, re- I recommend it for someone to watch. Um, uh, if, if there's a season two, I might as well watch. I'm already invested in it. But uh, the other show I watched, I've been checking out that Money Heist on um on netflix as well um uh, i saw a couple people post about it and i saw a couple memes and i seen it on you know when i when i cut netflix on i did see it a couple times but i didn't know what it was so i sat down i watched the probably about i'm like halfway through the first season okay well it's pretty good uh this quick like a quick a quick um premise of the show for those for those of you who don't know what it is um it's about well, granted, it, well, well uh, it's based on this Spanish show, um, or is a Spanish show, but they dubbed it in American. But it's about this group, like this one guy. He got like the Avengers of people that rob banks, and he put this, he put them together to rob the biggest bank in. Um, I want to say they're in Spain. Yeah, they're robbing the biggest bank in Spain, and of course, you know, like a heist. Uh, they go in, they take hostages. Really good uh, show from from what I've been watching so far. Only thing is, it was not really a problem, but. Like I said, the show uh, is originally a Spanish show, but they're dubbing the English, the English, they're dubbing English dialogue over 
uh, the actors when they speak. So it's kind of like, you know, them old school kung fu movies where the, the guy's talking and then the words don't match the lips. That's basically what, what how money heist is. But long as you don't let that, long as you don't let that right there hinder the watching experience. Very great show. Recommend that money heist and never have I ever. And what else I've been doing? No, yeah, we're in day, or I'm personally in day fifty of quarantine. I can't lie, it's getting crazy out there. People are protesting to go back to, to go back to Starbucks, open up hair salons. You know. I don't have a problem with uh, my hair. I get the LeBron James, George Jefferson hairline going on just for a visual representation. So on my own, Barbara, I've been bought, I've been hashtag bald and beautiful for three years. So I don't got that problem about opening up uh, hair salons. But uh, what else? But I am getting a little antsy. It's like, dang, like usually I'm a homebody, but I like going to a couple places. I like, I like going to the movies every once in a while. I like going out with friends, grabbing lunch at a restaurant. I like those things. So this quarantine is getting to me just a tiny bit, but you're not going to see me out there protesting to open back up, uh, you know, Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts or something. But moving on to the topics for this week. Okay, so uh, first thing, The Last of Us 2. So after two delays, yeah, after two delays, the highly, and I do mean highly anticipated game, The Last of Us 2, finally has a new release date. Like, this is the official, no matter what, through hell or high waters, the game will come out on this day. Originally, this game was supposed to be, was supposed to come out in February, but got pushed back because of the studio needing more time to put some finishing touches on the game. And so they pushed it back toward the end of May, I want to say May 20, I think 29th right before Memorial Day weekend. I think that's when the game was uh, supposed to come out after it got pushed back. But then sometime in March, um, it was announced that the game was being delayed again due to the coronavirus to an unknown date and time uh, when they announced it. Now, we finally have a new release date. So The Last of Us 2 will be out on the PlayStation 4 June 26th. So in about a month and a half, we'll be playing arguably the game of the year and possibly the game of the decade already. Uh, some initial thoughts on this release date. I'm very excited for the third time about this game and the release date. Uh, like I said, um, well, not like I said, but we all know third time is the charm. And most people think that this is a good move by Sony having it to push push back to June because it's far enough in advance. So the PS5 rollout will not interfere with the rollout of this game, which I which was a fear of mine when the game was originally delayed for the second time. But The Last of Us... It's probably one of the only games that could get away with this. Multiple delays. Um, well, the first time was on their own accord, but the second time was because of a global pandemic. Because the first game is considered one of the best games ever made. And gameplay at the moment for the sequel, from what I've seen, has has got really good reviews from critics. So what is this game about? Um, here's the game synopsis I read on PlayStation's website. It says, five years after their dangerous journey across the post-pandemic United States Ellie and Joel have settled down in Jackson, Wyoming. Living amongst a thriving community of survivors has allowed them peace and stability. Despite the constant threat of the infected and others, more desperate survivors, when a violent, when a violent, when a violent event disrupts that peace, Ellie embarks on a relentless journey to carry out and find closure. As he hunts those responsible one by one, she is confronted with a devastating physical and emotional repercussions of her actions. Assumably, we'll be playing 
most of this game as Ellie a majority of the time. And also, I think in part of the story is that a group of people kill her lover, which is a woman. Don't got a problem with that. They explored that in the Left Behind DLC with the first game. But, you know, I think some of the gameplay I still I saw her and her I guess her and her girlfriend were together at some parts of the game, but then you don't see her no more. So you're assuming that a group of people killed her lover. Um, so, so, uh, yeah. And all the gameplay, like I said before, has been of Ellie. So I assume we're going to be playing as her majority of the time and doing research for this uh, particular topic was a little tricky because it was reportedly, uh, weeks have been of the plot and some of the events that happened in the game has been released online. And, I've been trying to work my way around that and try not to get spoiled while researching for this topic. But Sony has been doing their best on a hot on these spoilers being released. Luckily, I haven't been spoiled yet. And also, they blessed us. It was today, actually. They blessed us with a trailer for the game. I was trying to wait on recording this podcast a little bit later, but glad they announced it. Um, I think it was 10 a.m. this morning. So when I was on my break from work, I just uh, watched the trailer, typed a couple notes. Now I'm talking about it on now I'm talking about it on the podcast. So uh, I assume with the trailer being released today, PlayStation is beginning to roll out for this game. So overall reactions of the trailer, overall, to me, it was a good trailer. It showed just enough to gain your interest without revealing too much. The trailer shows that you'll be playing as Ellie majority of the time, like I've been saying for the past few weeks I've been covering this. Um, what it looks like, the plot, like I said, she's hunting down a group of people that assumingly killed her lover. You know, good old a good old fashioned revenge story. And they added then add the infected you gotta fight along the way throughout the game. And visually the game looks great. Both the gameplay and the cutscene graphics in this trailer look phenomenal, and I'm a sucker for a good cutscene. But wrapping things up, like I said, The Last of Us 2 comes out June 26th on the PlayStation 4, even though the game has been delayed twice. This still hasn't killed my excitement for this game. And um, I still cannot wait to play this game, actually. And I'm looking um, I'm looking at this game to be like a swan song for the PlayStation 4. Since Sony wants to end this generation on a strong note and begin to roll out for the PlayStation 5. Over the weekend was the quarterfinals of the comic book movie tournament bracket and here are the results starting on the dc side we got the top movie the dark knight versus the four seed joker and yes yet again the dark knight wins in convincing fashion with 84 percent of 84 percent of the votes thought this may have been a little closer because the dark knight and the joker have been blowing through all this competition up until this point and both very good movies uh joker you know of course joker came out last year and but it couldn't handle the onslaught of what the dark knight has been doing in this movie tournament winning in convincing fashion in all the rounds leading up to this point and it's making its way on to the semifinals and the next matchup in the dc bracket we had a two seed wonder woman versus the six seed dark knight rises and the only upset with the lower seed winning in this uh round of uh, the dark knight rises won with 65 percent of the votes Actually surprised on that. What well, was the closest uh, margin of victory in this round? But I'm actually surprised it was about this much. I thought I thought Wonder Woman was doing really good in the votings, blowing out its competition up to this point. And uh, I could probably see by last week when the Dark Knight Rises just destroys Shazam in the polls. 
So I thought it was going to be a little bit closer. Uh, but, you know, once again, it's a Dark Knight movie. Or Chris, it's a Christopher Nolan Batman movie. So it's going to get a lot of votes. So um, it's moving on to the semifinals and moving on to the Marvel side of the bracket. We have the four seed Endgame versus the nine seed Thor Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok was on a Cinderella on a Cinderella on a Cinderella run, upsetting the eight seed Spider-Man: Homecoming in the first round, and upsetting the top seed Captain America: The Winter Soldier in the second round. But its reign has come to an end, going up going up against Endgame. Endgame won with eighty two percent of the vote, so Endgame is moving on to the semifinals and the last matchup in the quarterfinals. We have the two seed Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse versus the three seed Avengers Infinity War. Oh, and I apologize. This is the second upset with the lower seed winning. Uh, Infinity War won with 74% of the votes against Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. A little shocked on the on the, on the the margin of victory. Thought it was going to be a little bit closer because a lot of people do love Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse and the way it manhandled Deadpool in last week's matchup. I thought it would come out with a little stronger outing, but... You know, you can't really beat these big team-up crossover movies in the Marvel Universe. So, Infinity War is moving on to the semifinals. And instead of the semifinals for this upcoming weekend, in the DC side, we have, during the same series, we have the second movie, the sequel, The Dark Knight, versus the third movie in the series, series with Dark Knight Rises. And in the Marvel side, we have the third and the fourth movie in a series going up against each other. We have Infinity War versus Endgame. And voting will be, more than likely will be on this Saturday. Once again, it's on Facebook Story, Facebook Post, and Instagram Story. So if you see it, let's take a couple seconds out, pick a movie, uh, which one you think is better, and we'll, we'll be moving on to the finals next week. So last week, there was a proposal brought up that would allow college athletes to sign endorsement deals and receive payments for their work. Granted, provided that the schools they attend aren't involved in any of these payments, meaning that NCAA athletes can get paid and make money off his or her whiteness. And California was the only state that proposed a similar bill to this in 2019. But if this proposal does go through and get approved, it will take effect in the 2021-2022 academic school year so what did this mean it means that athletes can sign deals with third-party companies for example let's say a star college athlete whether basketball football baseball volleyball lacrosse etc that kind of basically yeah that player can do a local commercial autograph signing public appearance and get paid and not get in trouble by the ncaa and a few college athletes did get in trouble for doing this you know, like autograph signing or public appearance and receive the payment. And they did get in trouble on NCAA resulting in a couple game suspension. But as long as the school, long as whatever they're doing doesn't involve the school logo or is the school paying them to do that, they can do whatever they want. From the ESPN article I, I read covering this, they, they say they can do stuff like monetize their social media accounts, profit off writing a book. They can uh, make music and release it, host a sports camp, start a business, sell artwork, do photography, among other potential opportunities. My personal thoughts on this, I'm all for college athletes getting paid. You know, these schools and the NCAA are making millions and millions off these players' backs in their whiteness, and these players aren't seeing any of it. Prime example right here, 
couple of years ago, Zion Williamson at Duke was the most popular college basketball player probably in the past 20 years, especially now in the social media era. And every Duke game, whether that was against a small school, North Carolina, or the NCAA tournament, was uh, was televised in the primetime setting, bringing in millions of viewers and money to these TV networks, NCAA and Duke. And schools and coaches, they do get incentives if they do win like the conference tournament or make a deep NCAA tournament run, which Duke did both that year. And that one year of Zion, of Zion Duke, made, Duke and the NCAA made millions of dollars off his likeness, and Zion didn't see a penny of it. But I know some people may say, but he signed a college he signed a full-ride scholarship. He did what he signed up for. Yes, I do understand that. But imagine helping a school make millions and millions of dollars, putting your body on the line, jeopardizing your future of an NBA career just with some free room and board. That's why when these reports come out of an athlete taking money from a booster or a third party, I don't have a problem with it. Because when you look at it, we don't know everyone's financial situation or where they came from. All of these players do come from single-parent households or you know, lower middle class areas. They might have a mom working two jobs, paying the bills, taking care of, you know, the, the other athletes, brothers and sisters. So when a school or a booster does offer an 18-year-old kid 50 grand to help his mom and siblings out, and all they got to do is play at their school, any kid's going to take that deal. So the whole should college athletes get paid debate has been very divisive for at least the past 10 years or even longer. Some say that it takes away the amateurism of the NCAA, but if this proposal does get through, it will affect, it will affect all college sports, but especially it will affect college football and college basketball, mostly in my opinion, because in college football, most of these big time programs, such as your Alabama's, your Clemson's, your Ohio State's, your Texas's, whatever you feel like is a big time college program, uh, college football brings in you know most of the money for those universities and i always had a theory that that um these big time schools are giving these players some kind of compensation if they attend their school and you know of course play good and if this takes effect if this does if this this bill doesn't get approved and takes effect this may you know this may uh this may have players wanting to stay another year before entering the draft because they know they have a, another source of income for another year. That's probably for like your second or third tier players uh, who may or may not go pro. Um, so they, they, they can still, you know, go to school, make money, play the sport they love and, and get a degree at the same time. But the biggest impact is definitely going to be college basketball, because ever since the mid 2000s, where they made a rule that you must do at least one year of college basketball before you go pro in the NBA. Um, Ever since they made that rule, we have been in the one and done era ever since, because uh, when these, there have been rumors that they're going, they may get rid of the rule because if a player, because if the player is good enough to go from high school to pros, they should be allowed to have the opportunity. Cause in my opinion, you know, I think Anthony Davis, Zion and Ben Simmons, just to name a, a few people, are some of the NBA players that come to mind that probably could have skipped college and hopped straight to the NBA and play basketball. But there have been a lot of players who found loopholes by going to Europe or playing for a year, playing you know, pro pro Euro basketball for a year and getting paid. And then in their next year's draft, for example, um, Lamelo Ball, he's a top five pick in this year's draft, and he's been playing a year of pro ball in Australia before entering the draft. 
Granted, his last couple of years of high school was a little unorthodox since his dad take him, his dad took him out of school before his junior year. So he wasn't able to attend a college and play basketball. In another case, uh, Darius Baisley, he was a top recruit coming out of high school. He took a he took a year off not going to college or the G League. He took an internship in New Balance and he was still drafted 23rd overall in the 2019 draft. But how would this affect college basketball? But when the when the NCAA reportedly made his proposal, it was just a couple of days after two major high school recruits declared they're going to the G League Pathway program instead of instead of attending college and play basketball. So what is the G League Pathway program? Well, the G League, of course, is the NBA's developmental league and the league has been growing and created this pathway program as another outlet for big time high school basketball recruits to play big time basketball and get paid until the end of the draft the following year so the ncaa felt pressured in my opinion to combat this and made this proposal for ncaa athletes to make money off their whiteness this will definitely hurt college basketball in a way uh, if these big time recruits do skip college to play in the G League for one year, then going into the draft. Granted, these kids is probably still going. Some of these kids are probably still going to go to these big time schools like your Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky, your Kansases. But reports with these top recruits making fifty or five hundred thousand dollars max, or the most that's the most they can make in a G League program, and they can still get a college education as well. That's you know that. With a deal like that, that's too good to pass up. Like I said, we don't know all these kids' financial situations. If you offer an eighteen-year-old kid uh five hundred grand to play basketball for a year, or go to Duke and play basketball for a year for free room and board, they're gonna take the money. Not, I'll not 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 nine times out of ten, but ten times out of ten. But granted, every player isn't going to make you know five hundred grand, but that's just the max they can make at the moment. Part just depends on the recruit and the player. But we, but we really won't find out the results of this until the bill is approved by the NCAA. While I think that the G League pathway program will take effect this upcoming NBA season, whenever that will start, but wrapping things up, I think it's great that the NCAA is trying to let these players make money off their whiteness since they've been doing it for years. It's a chance for students to make a little money and profit off their name and give them an outlet to express themselves as well. You know, they or some may like some may do podcasts and some may some may stream video games. Like I said, they may they may make music, um, sell artwork, take photography, all that good stuff. They could they could try that out as a second option if the first option of going pro doesn't work out. So they do. Let's say this if they. I can't find a good example. Let's say let's say they make a small business on the side while they're playing football. And let's say, God forbid, injury happens or they go pro, it doesn't it doesn't work out. They can go back to that second line of work as a backup plan because it's always good to have a backup plan. But this proposal still has to be voted on. I don't know when they're going to vote on it. And we should get a result later on this year uh, when the, if the proposal is approved and it, and it will take place if approved in the 2021-2022 academic school year. Thank you once again for listening to another episode of the podcast. I greatly appreciate y'all taking time on y'all busy day to give this podcast a listen. Please like, subscribe, share the podcast. Tell your family, tell your friends about the podcast. Follow the podcast on Twitter at High Infinity Pod. And follow me, the host, Jacob Knight, on Twitter and Instagram at So Yeah, I'm Asian. Y'all have a nice weekend and see y'all next time.